Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpack Warriors. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, Episode 140. Last week, we had the first part of an interview with our Warpath founder, Joe Riggy. In the first part of the interview, about all we got out of the way was having a chance to get to know Joe. This week, you'll be amazed with the spiritual depths he'll take us to. When I realized that God was leading me into podcasting with the Cantankerous Catholic, I knew it was for more than just serving you and saying what I say and doing what I do. Circumstances have recently caused me to see the next step. Some of you are going to be called by God to participate in this next step because you love souls and our holy and ancient faith. If you're a regular listener, you'll recall that I spent weeks promoting the idea that some of you need to get into the heat of spiritual battle by starting your own podcast. The other day, I read a statistic that led me to believe that it's necessary now more than ever. Statistics show that attendance at Mass has increased for women, but men have virtually disappeared. The reasons are varied. The relevant point is that we need to get men back because there can be no family and no Catholic church without strong Catholic men. I had to learn the podcasting business in order to take the next step that I'm convinced God wants me to take. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be forming a Catholic podcasting network. I'll be inviting some very good independent Catholic podcasters into the network. More important to you, though, I'm imploring you to consider developing and launching a podcast of your own to join this new network. I'm working out the system so you'll even be able to earn revenues with your podcast if you join the network. Don't think that your age, circumstances, talents, or lack thereof will keep you from launching a podcast. I'm old, in a wheelchair, can use only one arm, and my brain and mouth are rarely in sync. I sound good to most of you on the show, but you ought to hear it before the audio editing. Trust me, you can do it. I'm willing and anxious to help any and all of you who are willing to work with me to develop a podcast of your own for this network. It'll take me time. It'll cost me thousands of dollars that I don't have, but God's proven to me that he's a very generous banker when I'm doing what he wants me to do. Bottom line, this will get done. If you're interested in the possibility of starting a podcast that can be part of this network that can reach millions of souls and save the church from its current problems, reach out to me. Let's start a conversation today, now. I've interviewed bishops, priests, apologists, and Catholic activists. They were all good, but I've never interviewed anyone like Joe Riggi. We'll begin this part of the interview with him telling us more about his Our Warpath apostolate, but then we'll get into deeper elements. What struck me about Joe, what astounded me about him, was his clarity of intellect coupled with the simplicity of his faith. 
and at only 24 years old. By the time you finish listening to this final segment of our interview, I think you'll have to agree with me that you'll feel like you've been listening to a wise older man who's well on his way down the path to becoming a saint. Let's listen. Uh, Joe, I've noticed that our warpath has a pretty good-sized staff for this type of apostolate. You've got, what, about 12 people, I think? Yep. Tell us a little bit about your staff. So our staff, so half of them, I, half of them, so about six of them, I, I knew already. Uh, they were friends from just around the country that I've met through, whether it be through schooling or through f- friends in school. Um, so kind of just friends that I already knew and they were like, whoa, I really, this is awesome. I, I want to, I want to help out. How can I help out? So they helped out with, you know, really getting it started with writing meditations, writing articles and building up a bunch of content before we actually launched our warpath. And then the other half of our staff members are really people who came across a warpath and reached out to us and were like, Hey, I, I really want to help out with our warpath. How can I help? And so we asked them to come on board and help us with, you know, right now we have uh, one of the guys name on our staff is Jarvis He's a great writer. He writes our movie reviews. Check out our movie reviews. They're really good. He's, and he reached out to us and say, hey, I want to help out. Uh, we have another person, uh, Amelia Monroe Carlson. She used, to, she used to write for mainstream media. She used to be a journalist for mainstream media. But she decided to get out of that and, and write for something that she loved, which is her faith. And so she writes for Catholic organizations, and she found a warpath and wanted to do that. So, And, and that was something that really stuck with me that I didn't necessarily reach out to these people. They saw Warpath and they were like, whoa, I want to help out. And so to me, that says a lot about our mission, that we are having a positive impact on souls because people are reaching out and people want to help with our mission. So, you know, everyone kind of has a different job in a sense uh, on the staff, whether it's writing meditations, writing articles, writing movie reviews, or helping out with, uh, you know, future ideas of our warpath. That's great. I noticed that you've got one guy who says he's a woodworker. Yes. Uh, Before I had the stroke, I was an architectural wood carver and a uh, furniture builder. I I specialized in 18th century reproductions. Oh, wow. Okay. Which requires a lot of carving. Mm -hmm. What kind of, uh, I'm just curious, what kind of woodwork does your staff member do so so you're referring to joe Mackey, who uh he, he's really great uh well he actually uh he's one of the main people on the staff that helps me a lot you know he's on the podcast with me um he's written a lot of articles and he's come up with a lot of ideas for our warpath so he's 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 one of the directors of our warpath but as far as his word working goes he has a very wide range of things he does um you know he builds a lot of very intricate tables Anything, honestly, he does metal as well. So honestly, from you name it, from you know whether it's an, a statue to a table to a sword, you know he, he's really good at that. Um, you know, and he he's built some he's built some a lot of things for even some pretty famous people. So it's pretty uh it's pretty amazing some of his work. It's really it's really it's really great. That's great. We'll have to make sure that there's some way for. Uh listeners to take a look at some of his stuff and see Ah. if we can't get him a little business yes that'd be nice yeah 
Joe, it's obvious that you're targeting Catholics between the ages of 18 and 34, which is, of course, the sweet spot for modern productive apostolate. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to reach that demographic. I certainly do on this podcast, and it wasn't from anything that I do. It's absolutely all God. Toward that end, you have a blog and a podcast. Let's hear a little bit more about the podcast and how listeners can uh, listen to it. Yeah. So the podcast is really, you know, it's ideally it's we're we're just having a conversation like we're having right now. We're having a conversation about important topics and relevant topics that deal with Catholics. Uh, so, you know, our podcast, we've been able to have, you know, Abby Johnson on the podcast. Right. We were able to have Sister Dee Dee on the podcast, who was awesome to have on a podcast. She was so great to talk to. You know, I still keep in contact with her. She's she's great. Uh, we were also able to have. Pardon me. P- pardon yeah. me. Isn't uh, Sister Dee Dee the one who was at the Republican convention? Yeah. So she spoke at the Republican National Convention, you know, and I, I had heard of her before that. And then I saw her speak and then she held up as soon as she held up her rosary. I was like, I need to get in contact with her. So I, I got on my computer as soon as I could and started reaching out to people. And I finally got in contact with her, and she's just really great. She's really awesome. Um, so, And I got to meet her, obviously, at the March for Life, which was really great. Uh, you know, we've had also, you know, people on the other kind of end of the spectrum. We've had Father James Martin on the podcast as well. So that was very interesting. That was a very difficult podcast to do um, because, I'm sure. as we know, you know, we may not agree with probably the majority of things he says, he's still extremely intelligent. So being having to do a podcast with him was very difficult because he can uh, run you in circles. Uh, but yeah, Absolutely. so we, we, we're always having kind of a very various amount of people on the podcast. But yeah, we're trying to bring those people on there so we can have very interesting interviews with people. Uh, and then, you know, if, we're, if we don't have a guest on the podcast, we're having just myself and Joe Mackey talk on the podcast about, you know, pushing ourselves and how to be better Catholics. But you, you're able to watch those podcasts uh, on YouTube. We have all those uploaded on YouTube, also Apple po- Apple Podcasts or Podbeam. And then we have few of we have a few of the podcast episodes also on Spotify. For some reason some of them haven't been uploading, but you can watch about maybe 15 or 20 of them on Spotify as well. But yeah, so you, you know, you can also go to our website in ourwarpath.com. If you don't have any of those other platforms, you're able to listen to the podcast on that as well. And what is the frequency of your podcast? We try to do one episode a week. Yeah, we try to do one episode a week, and then we're trying to get get a little bit more going uh, to hopefully get maybe two or three per, per week if we can. Oh, well, that's pretty ambitious. I yeah. have friends who do podcasts every day. It's all I can do to get one a week out. It's, it's <laughs> extremely difficult. You know, we... We were doing one a week, and then we stopped a little bit in the summer, you know, because a lot was going on. So it is extremely difficult, but we're trying to get back into it. But yeah, you're able to listen to those uh, basically anywhere, and then also, you know, some some clips on our Instagram, our Warpath dot com. I mean, our Warpath, where you can find those as well. Okay, great. Joe, the Lavender Mafia has overwhelmingly infiltrated and controls the USCCB and most of Rome. Everyone from Pope Frank, that's what I call him. <laughs> I just won't call him Francis. <laughs> uh, everyone from Pope Frank to our cardinals and archbishops in America seem to be apostates or simply cowards at best. 
Pope Frank has repeatedly proven that he's a faithless Marxist. These things have led to a huge hemorrhage of souls in the mystical body of Christ because the Catholic Church has absolutely zero credibility and relevance today. Folks are making a mass exodus from the church established by Christ. Please explain why these souls shouldn't give up hope and begin heading toward the door. Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. And when I look at it, a few things come to mind. But one of the, I mean, one of the big things, obviously, is we are dealing with a leadership problem in the Catholic Church today. Of course, Pope Francis has been saying a lot of things that we don't agree with. A lot of bishops, obviously, have been saying things we don't agree with. And also, unfortunately, there's a lot of silence on the part of the Catholic clergy. You know, many of them have stood up for the Catholic faith and and they're paying for and it. And they're paying for it dearly, uh, greatly. Uh, so, you know, there's a wide spectrum when it comes to the leadership of the Catholic Church. But I think what people need to be aware of, you know, and often they lose track of this. People when the Catholic Church is flourishing, like it was decades ago, it, you know, there's always times when the Catholic Church is flourishing. You know, people are in, are in love with it, and then there are times when it's not doing so well. And we're living in a time where it's not doing so well. But people need to remember: you can't. Yes, the Catholic Church is divinely instituted, but you cannot hold the Catholic clergy to a divine standard in the sense that. They will not make mistakes, which is totally crazy. We're dealing with human beings here. The Pope is only infallible when he meets certain uh, elements. And right. he never speaks uh, ex cathedra. He never, he never reached, makes, he's never very much, I mean, how am I trying to say this? You know, he hasn't spoken. He's never met it. Exactly. Yeah, he's he never met any of the criteria. Exactly. He hasn't met that criteria. He's just speaking on things that you don't need to hold the Pope to. You don't need to say, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's what the church believes. No. So you can't hold the Catholic clergy to to that kind of standard because, because they're human. They're going to make mistakes. Because we're in a time where the devil is attacking the church, there's going to be a lot of mistakes. So I think people need to be aware of, okay, there, there's there's going to be clergy that are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, but I, I shouldn't pay attention to that. And a quote that comes to me is a quote by Venerable Fulton Sheen, which I think puts it perfectly. He says, judge the Catholic Church, not by those who barely live by its spirit, but by the example of those who live closest to it. Amen. So what Catholics need to do who are having troubles with the Catholic faith, stop looking at mainstream Catholic media that may be putting out absolute crap, go and find Catholics who are living by the Catholic faith that has that has survived for centuries. Not a Catholic faith that's talking about climate change. No, go to one that's talking about the mysteries of the faith. Go to one that's talking about Amen. real problems of the church and how to address it. And there's so many organizations that are doing what they're supposed to be doing. So don't look at, you know, a comment that Pope Francis says, or something that James Martin says to to you know hoist up the 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 gay community, or something like that. That's that's not what the Catholic faith is all about. So, but a lot of that comes back to you know you people need to stop, take a moment to just think. What does it mean to be a Catholic? And so you need to think upon right. that, and you need to articulate very well what it means to be a Catholic. And, and 
being Catholic is upholding the Catholic truths and the Catholic teaching teachings that have been taught through the centuries. You hold to those. You, you, you aren't holding on to these new ideas that have been coming out that the Jesuits speak or, you know, not that kind of stuff. So you, you need to hold on to what the Catholic Church has always taught and has never not taught. That stuff is there. And a lot of that stuff isn't, a lot of that stuff that they, that they've talked about in the past, some of that is infallible. And so you need to hold on to that. But yeah, I, I, I that's one of my biggest problems, you know, not my biggest problems, but my biggest, you know, kind of one of my pet peeves, you know, I've had roommates that say, well, I can't believe you are Catholic with everything it's done. And I tell them, listen, the Catholic clergy are human. They're going to make mistakes. But I look at to those that are living by its spirit, you know, to their best of their ability. That's how I live my Catholic faith. That's who I look at as an example. Yeah, I point out to people on a regular basis, all of the apostles were handpicked, and yet one of them was Judas Iscariot. Yep. That's certainly a precursor to what we have today. Yep. I also tell Catholics, Look, just because the Pope says something, it doesn't mean it has any weight. <laughs> just because a bishop says something, yep. it doesn't mean it has any weight. You have to judge everything by the 2,000-year constant teaching of the Church. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know the 2,000-year teaching of the Catholic Church, you need to learn it. I was speaking to Michael Voris one day. I mentioned to him that at least 95% of Catholics are holy or almost wholly ignorant of their Catholic faith. Yeah. He said I was being very charitable. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to agree with that because uh, I get questions all the time in email where people are letting me know very clearly that they really don't know the first thing about the Catholic faith. Yeah. Look, most people are not going to sit down and read the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It's like reading the uh, documents of Vatican II, they're yawners. Mm -hmm. They'll put you to sleep. And because of that, it's difficult to focus on what's really being said. Like, for example, we're on our summer break right now, but I hold webinars every single Sunday teaching the Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've, I've got a catechism out that's called Secrets of the Catholic Faith. And it's called that because for most people, they are secrets, yep. the things yeah. that are being taught. People need, desperately, they need to learn the Catholic faith. You can't live what you don't know, and you've got to learn it so you can live it. Exactly. Do you agree with that? I agree 100%. You know, one of the most basic catechism questions, when you're like in first grade, they ask you, why are you on this earth? And you say, you know, just repeat it, because you memorize it. I'm here to know God, love God, serve God, and be happy with them in heaven. That's so basic, right? But it's not when you go into and when you go into that answer in depth, your end is heaven, right? But you can only get there if you serve God. And you can only serve God if you love God. And you can only love God if you know him. And so you have to start on that most basic level of knowing him. Do you actually know him? Because you can't love something that you do not know. So you start by the most basic things. You know, what are the sacraments? You know, what are the beatitudes? These most basic things that the catechism teaches. And you learn that. And the more you learn about your catechism, the more you learn about your faith, you can, you can, you'll be able to love God greater. And that's what Catholics need to do. You, you need to know your faith. You know, you're having, you sing all these problems 
in the faith and a lot of them are leaving, it's because they don't know their faith that well. It's because their faith isn't that strong. And it's because, well, they don't know. That's true. Uh, To be honest, in the last seven years that I've lived here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis, I can count on one hand the number of lay people who can tell me how many sacraments we've got, much less name them. Yep. That's sad. That's very sad. It's scary. I'm I'm curious about one thing about you, though, Joe. Hmm. It's rare to find a man at your age this fired up about his faith. How'd that come about? Whew, that's a really good question. Uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, I would have to, obviously my parents are a very big aspect of my faith because, you know, from a very young age, they taught me everything. But I think one of the, the key elements of why I get so fired about my faith is I was taught it really well at the, the Catholic high school that I went to. I went to a boarding school and you know, we were taught our faith so well there. You know, my, my brother is a priest. Uh, my uncle is a priest. So, but but I would give most of my credit to, you know, our war path is only here because of my Catholic education. And I got such a good education at the high school and something that was given to us by the priest who ran the school. You know, coming back to your Judas point, which kind of uh, brings it together, you know, in one of our buildings at our high school, you walk into it. And, you know, it's like a nice atrium, rounded atrium. And on one side, there's a statue of St. Peter. And on one side, there's just a skull. And it represents the skull of Judas. You know, and when every new class comes in there, he tells them, listen, I, we are giving you the Catholic education that you need, the Catholic education that you need to be great Catholics. But at the end of the day, you all will receive the same education. And you can either end up like St. Peter and the apostles who have statues at the Vatican, statues in their name, you know, St. Peter, St. Paul, statues of all the apostles. Or you could end up like that skull, which is Judas. You know, they both were with Christ. They both were with Christ throughout his public life, yet one of them betrayed him. But they both received that same education. So, you know, he told us that and it sticks with you, but you see, you know, being at that school, you know, you see that he lived his faith so well, so it so many of us graduated and wanted to do it, you know, like he's been doing it. So I think my Catholic education, you know, without that, without what I received at that high school, our warpath wouldn't be here. And I wouldn't be doing this right now. I want to be fired up about my faith. And, you know, our, our motto, you know, for our warpath, kind of our slogan is dare to be Catholic. It takes guts to be Catholic. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of guts. And so we're living in a time where, not only do not many men have guts, but not many young adults have guts to stand up for what True. you believe in. That's it takes a whole new. I mean, it takes conviction. It, you need to know what you're fighting for, and you need to love what you're fighting for to stand up and say something. And unfortunately, unfortunately, many men don't know their faith. Many men aren't strong enough to stand up for their faith. And many young adults think they're too cool to be Catholic. They're, you know, we had Joe Mackey, Amen. Joe Mackey, who, you know, the woodworker you're speaking about that's on our staff, he wrote a really good article called uh, Prayer is for Pansies. You know, people think saying the rosary is like, oh, that's so girly. Like, no, prayer is very manly. Uh, you know, very. you know, and something that I think about a lot is the world will not be destroyed by evil men. There are evil men out there doing their thing, but it's not going to be destroyed by them. The world is being destroyed by Catholic men and women, especially men who know the truth, 
who know their faith, but are too cowardly to stand up for it. Amen. You're absolutely right. I want to interject something for the listeners. Joe is right in talking about his Catholic education. However, he is not in any way endorsing institutions such as Notre Dame or uh, Georgetown. If you go there, you're going to lose your faith. Those places are not for Catholics. Mm -hmm. They may be established as Catholic institutions, but you will lose your faith going to them. And at some point, I'm going to do a show strictly on the best Catholic colleges and universities to attend in this country. I'm also wanting to find boarding schools such as what you went to, Joe, because uh, I think education is a very important part of it. And whenever you talked about courage, Newt Rockney, I don't know if you know who he was. He was the legendary football coach at Notre Dame, Mm -hmm. and he was a convert. Yep, He died in a plane crash. He was the most manly man anyone knew of in his era. When they found his body, he had a rosary in his hand. A rosary is a very manly thing to do, very manly thing to pray. I prayed an entire, uh, all 20 mysteries for Cardinal Burke yesterday, sitting out here on the deck because, well, I love Cardinal Burke. He's been my friend for 20-plus years. But anyway, I'm sorry. Once again, I took over the interview. I have a tendency to do that. You're good. (laughs) Joe, I have really enjoyed doing this with you. You're a fine young man, a fine young Catholic man. Thank you. I think the listeners are going to enjoy this. Will you consider coming back on the show in the future? Oh, yeah, 100%. I'd love to come back on it. I mean, I, I was I was honored to come on the podcast with you. I mean, I've heard of the Kent Taker is Catholic. I have it downloaded on my Apple Podcast, and I listened to it. So uh, when you reached out originally, which it's, it's taken us forever to finally get on the same podcast together. Yes. But when you reached out, I was uh, extremely excited to get on the podcast with you and talk about, you know, our faith. Uh, and so, I, yeah, I've really enjoyed this, and I would love to come back on and speak about more things with you. Yeah, I think maybe the next time we invite you on, you and I are just going to speak about, uh, well, Catholic basic training, so to speak. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> just let's just do it. have a discussion because <laughs> I think the people uh, listening, the six-pack warriors, would really benefit from that. Yeah, so, no problem. I'd love uh, to do that. I don't get an opportunity to do enough spiritual stuff. You know, I have, <laughs> as a veteran and a man who has, a Catholic man who has faced the probability of martyrdom before. I don't understand cowardice, Mm -hmm. and I don't understand young Catholics who are so self-centered that they're afraid to stand up or that they think being Catholic just isn't cool. I'm going to tell you something. I converted, you know, I'm an old man. I converted 30-plus years ago, and every morning, of my life. Literally, this is the absolute truth. Even the morning after I had this stroke, I wake up every morning. The very first thought that comes to my mind is, hey, I'm a Catholic. Yep. There you go. (laughs) I mean, and life, it's the most exciting lived experience I've ever had. You're talking to a man who, oh gosh, I've hunted bounty. I've, I've traveled the world. I've been in every state in the union except Hawaii. 
I lived more life by the time I was 25 than most men do in a lifetime. Yeah. And yet I find this the most exciting lived experience there is. Being a Catholic is never without its surprises and never without uh, just, I'm sorry, it just makes being alive fun. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, so anyway, go ahead. No, yeah, I agree with you 100%. It's, that's when you really know that kind of you're doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're getting enjoyment out of your Catholic faith because you know that. You're, they're suffering in that, and you're in, you're enjoying that in a sense because you know you know you're doing that right thing. Yeah, that's great, Joe. We've really had you uh, enjoyed having you on here today. We're looking forward to the future. I good grief, I've kept you for about forty minutes now. <laughs> so let's go ahead and say goodbye. Do you mind if we do a hail mary together? Yeah, no problem. Okay, would you like to start it? Sure. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us and pray for Cardinal Burke. Amen. Amen. Okay, thanks, Joseph. We'll talk to you again later, okay? Sounds good. Thank you for having me on. Okay, you betcha. Bye-bye, buddy. This was such a great interview, with Joe being so personable and pleasurable. Reach out to me below the show notes or through my email and tell me what you thought. Let me know if I should have Joe Riggy back again. You probably won't believe this, but I had a priest tell me the other day that it's better to leave the laity in their ignorance of Catholic teaching so they can have a better chance at going to heaven. What? The Catholic Church clearly teaches that a Catholic's ignorance of the faith is an evil, a privation, that the human mind created in God's image is made to know truth. I can't judge the state of this priest's soul, but I can judge what he told me. What he said implies that he really doesn't care about the souls of his parishioners. Fortunately, I can know that faithful priests aren't that way. Jesus established the Catholic Church for one reason and one reason only, so we'd have a chance to go to heaven, a chance to become saints. As I heard a local priest say in a homily a while back, if you don't want to become a saint, why on earth are you a Catholic? Since at least 95% of Catholics neither know nor understand the Catholic faith, a chance to become a saint isn't possible for them conscientious priest and devoted laity naturally want to help parishioners do that. Well, I can help you with that. Introducing the What We Believe, Why We Believe It Bulletin Inserts. Endorsed by Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke, each of these inserts teaches a thumbnail catechism lesson. When parishioners begin to get involved, they'll get many more benefits besides, and at a cost of only $19.95 a month. But you won't start out paying that because I want to give you a three-month subscription free of charge just to try it out. Take 11 minutes to watch the video fully explaining it by clicking the link in my show notes that says Six-Pack System Bulletin Inserts to learn more. A lot of lay people get a subscription for their parish as a way to support the parish without giving the bishop any of their money. To learn more, Click on the link in my show notes that says Six-Pack System Bulletin Inserts. It just requires 11 minutes of your time. 
Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to the Catholic vote. Pretender Joe Biden said he doesn't personally believe that life begins at conception, contradicting an interview he gave in 2015 in which he said the exact opposite. Answering a question on what he'd say to women about the new Texas ban on abortions after six weeks, Biden said he was a strong supporter of Roe v. Wade and added, I respect those who believe that life begins at the moment of conception. I don't agree, but I respect that. You're an idiot! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to Fox Business News. Economic experts were predicting a gain of 728,000 jobs in August, but America's employers instead added just 235,000 jobs last month. It marked a sudden slowdown after large gains of 1.1 million jobs in July and 962,000 in June. The Delta variant surge is the unsurprising story behind August's big payroll miss, said Ryan Dietrich, chief strategist for LPL Financial. He continued, leisure and hospitality jobs, a proxy for economic reopening, were flat month over month. No! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 3 Hats off to Fox Business News. Florida will issue a fine of up to $5,000 each time a school, government entity, or business asks for proof of a vaccine. It's completely unacceptable for either the government or the private sector to impose upon you the requirement that you show proof of vaccine to just simply be able to participate in normal society, said Governor Ron DeSantis. That's awesome, dude! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 2 Hats off to the Daily Caller. The Democratic-led House Armed Services Committee voted to approve an amendment that would require women to register under the Selective Services Act. A similar amendment passed the Democratic-led Senate Armed Services Committee in July. We don't need to draft women in order for women to have equality in this nation, said Representative Vicki Hartzler. Who wants to send their mom away to the military? No, 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 no! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number One Hats off to human events. Chase Bank apologized for canceling Lieutenant General Michael Flynn's personal credit card, claiming it was a mistake. Flynn, the former national security advisor in the Trump administration, had received a notice in August declaring, quote, After careful consideration, we decided to close your credit cards on September 18, 2021, because continuing the relationship creates possible reputational risk for our country. <laughs> 
You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. I am hard, but I am fair. It's time for the Catholic Boot Camp with your drill sergeant, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Learn the Catholic faith and how to defend it like you've never heard it before. This boot camp is tough, so there's no political correctness, no spirit of Vatican II, and no namby-pamby platitudes. Drill Sergeant Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, will prepare you for spiritual war. Now here's Joe Sixpack. There are stories that come to us about the saints that are sometimes legends, but most of the time they're true. Whether fact or fiction, these stories offer us many valuable lessons about some of the most wonderful aspects of our holy and ancient faith. This story is about King St. Louis, the saint for whom the city in Missouri is named. I've never been able to verify its veracity, but the lessons we can garner from the story are tremendous. It's said that when King Louis was very young, he had a love for his people that was uncommon among even the most benevolent kings. He was saddened to know how much they suffered from hunger, cold, and sickness. He did what he could for them with gifts of food and clothing, but his people didn't seem to think he really cared. It's no use telling the king our troubles, they'd lament. He could never understand what it's like to work with his hands or be hungry or cold. Young King Louis was discouraged by his subject's attitude. He was determined to do something, so he went to a wise old man of the royal court to seek his advice. How can I win the confidence of my people? I want to show them how to put an end to some of their sufferings and help them bear the others bravely, but they don't know their king loves them. Please tell me how I can make them understand. Your Majesty, I think there would only be one way to do this. Please tell me. If Your Majesty could go and live among them, not as their king, but rather as one of them. That night a man dressed in poor clothing left the palace. With the exception of the old wise man and a couple of trusted servants, no one knew it was the king himself. The people of the royal court had come to believe the king had gone on a long journey to another country, but for months he actually lived in a poor hut in a village among the people. He lived and ate and worked among the peasantry. He tended the sick and worked right alongside those who struggled to earn a living. It wasn't long before the people came to love and trust him, and many of them came to him for advice because he seemed wise beyond his years. He told them one day he had to move on, and they were very sorry to see him go. When King Louis returned to the palace and again moved among the people as he had before, it wasn't long before he was recognized by those who'd known him as a laborer. The story spread throughout the kingdom, and from then on his subjects loved and trusted him because he'd shown that he'd cared so much for them that he'd even become one of them. Fact or fiction? It doesn't really matter. This anecdote actually tells us the story of the Incarnation and the nature of Jesus Christ. The Incarnation is when the Son of God became man to redeem us. In our story, King St. Louis was both the king and one of the people. Jesus is true God, king, because he has the same divine nature as the Father. 
He's true man, the people, because he was born of the Blessed Virgin Mary just like any man is born of a woman. Also like any other man, Jesus has a human body and a human soul. Although Jesus is true man, he was still free from all sin, both original and personal, because he's also true God, and God can't sin. Now, where people really get confused is about the nature of Jesus Christ. I've learned when you ask most people how many persons there are in Jesus, most want to say two. They seem to think about him being a divine person and a human person. No, that would make him schizophrenic. There's only one person in Jesus Christ. He's the second person of the Blessed Trinity. That means his personhood is divine, that he's God himself. However, Jesus does possess two natures, the human and divine. A person is who you are, but a nature is something you possess. So Jesus is God, but he possesses both a human and divine nature. This is called the hypostatic union in theology. To drive home the point of the incarnation and Jesus' divine personhood, I'll ask you, did Jesus Christ always exist? Well, no, he didn't. The second person of the Blessed Trinity has always existed, but Jesus Christ, true God and true man, has only existed for 2,000 years. Get it? Jesus only existed from the time of the Incarnation, but as God, he's always existed with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Please understand that non-Catholics often use this teaching about Christ's hypostatic union to take pot shots at the Blessed Virgin Mary. They ask, if Jesus possesses a human nature but is a divine person, how is it that you can call Mary the mother of God? He is, after all, a man. Well, the answer to this isn't rocket science, but you have to stop and think for a moment. Did your mother give birth to a person or a nature? She gave birth to a person, of course. Again, a nature is something you possess. It's not who you are. You're a person. Therefore, since Jesus is a divine person, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, she conceived of the Holy Spirit and gave birth to the second person of God. This makes Mary the mother of God, and the divine motherhood is the greatest privilege ever given to a human person. Sacred Scripture proves Mary is the mother of God. When the archangel Gabriel announced to Mary she was being given the opportunity to bring the Savior into the world, he said, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. If Jesus is the Son of God, he must also be God. So Mary gave birth to God. But that's not all. Luke also tells us that when Mary visited her cousin Elizabeth and greeted her, John the Baptist, who was still in Elizabeth's womb, was filled with the Holy Spirit and leapt for joy. Then Elizabeth said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Mary hadn't even yet told Elizabeth she was to have a child, but when the Holy Spirit filled her preborn son, she had a perfect understanding. What did Elizabeth call Mary? She called her the mother of my Lord. Who is Elizabeth's Lord? God, of course. 
So Elizabeth was the first human in history to call Mary the mother of God. There are other passages we could examine to reinforce the fact that Mary is the mother of God, but we lack the time in this boot camp. However, we'll conclude this by pointing out that the church teaches the divine maternity as a dogma of our faith, which means it's not an option for us. We must believe it to be Catholic. The official title for Mary is Theotokos, a Greek term meaning Christ-bearer, and it was canonized by the Council of Ephesus in A.D. 431 in defense of Mary's divine maternity. In fact, this was the whole reason the Council of Ephesus was convoked. A man named Nestorius, who gave us what history calls the Nestorian heresy, claimed that Mary was only the mother of the man Jesus. But to the ecstatic celebration of the laity, the bishops of the church declared her the Theotokos. The Mafia has an interesting and logical hierarchy. At the top of the food chain is the boss of the bosses. Then there's the territorial bosses. Next are the capos. Finally, you have the soldiers. The Sicilian Mafia is all but gone in America, but we have another kind of Mafia-like criminal organization. It's called the Lavender Mafia, and it has overwhelmingly infiltrated the USCCB. Because Chicago is the primatial sea in America, Cardinal Blaise Supic is the boss of the bosses. The territorial bosses are his fellow bishops who belong to the Lavender Mafia. Their capos are the diocesan chancellors and vicars. The foot soldiers are all those priests who agree with the criminal bishops, or they're too cowardly to courageously oppose the heresies and sins of the Lavender Mafia bishops. The Sicilian Mafia made all its ill-gotten wealth through strong-arming, lying, cheating, and stealing. The Lavender Mafia is no different, except they wear ecclesiastical robes that give them the appearance of legitimacy. Make no mistake, the Lavender Mafia is every bit as evil as the Sicilian Mafia. Through the Catholic Campaign for Human Development, they promote abortion, socialism, defunding the police, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, contraception, and illegal immigration. Worst of all, they do it with your money. They lie to you in never-ending appeals and strong-arm the money through parish taxes of the money you give the parish. They depend on your money. Well, you can fight back. Until our bishops begin doing as they ought, we shouldn't give them a dime. So I invite you to download Catholic Bogus Bucks. Catholic bogus bucks are intended to send a clear message to these criminal mafia-like bishops. They're great for wayward parish priests as well. Best of all, they're free to anyone who wants them. Try them out. This Sunday at collection time, assuming you're not happy with your parish priest, you know, the criminals who just haven't been promoted to bishop yet, Drop a Catholic bogus buck in the collection basket rather than your hard-earned money. Message received. And the next time your bishop sends an envelope he's demanding that you fill with your hard-earned money to finance his criminal activity, fill it with Catholic bogus bucks instead. Catholic bogus bucks are easy to use. All you have to do is download the bucks and print all of them you want. They're free. 
Let me say that again, they're free. To get your bogus bucks, go to cantankerouscatholic.com slash evil-bishops. The Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom has gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. This week's Catholic quote is from St. Gregory of Nazianzus. He said, Give something, however small, to one in need, for it is not small to one who has nothing. Neither is it small to God if we have given what we could. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. A shepherd boy who watched a flock of sheep near a village brought out the villagers a few times by shouting, Wolf! Wolf! When the village people came out to help him, he laughed at them for their trouble. However, the wolf really did come one day. The shepherd boy shouted, Help me! The wolf is killing the sheep! But no one paid any attention to him. The wolf destroyed the entire flock because there wasn't anyone there to help the shepherd. No one cares to believe a liar, not even when he tells the truth. Such a person has no credibility or trust from others. Make it your personal point of honor to always tell the truth. Then people will believe and trust you in everything you say. This has been the Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.